it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Happy Saturday, everyone. It is Rich Wilson, and welcome to Just Prospects, the, the prospect podcast from Prospect 361. It's a lot of P's in that sentence, but I, hopefully you know what we mean. We are working our way through our top 15 prospects for each organization, and this uh, podcast we will wrap up the National League Central with the St. Louis Cardinals, and then we will spill into the American League Central, and do the top 15 prospects on that list with somebody named Luis Robert, I think, Robert, some dude like that, leading the list. It's quite a good system there. But surprisingly, the St. Louis Cardinals have a very good system as well, and given what they did this year, there's a lot of hope that this group of players can complement that already existing fairly good major league team and actually push them over the top. I don't think there's enough there, uh, but uh, it's a it's a good system nonetheless and led by Dylan Carlson, who is a very, very good prospect. So we'll talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and we'll also talk about the Chicago White Sox and then we'll wrap it up. Very, very short podcasts uh, today. And hopefully Tim will be back in Canada. I think he gets there today. So we'll have our normal podcast back on Sundays uh, and I'll give you a little rundown of what we'll be covering over the next few weeks as we start to move into fantasy preparation for 2020. I hope you guys have enjoyed the playoffs. I know I have. I wish the Cardinals and Nationals would have gone longer. I don't really care who wins. I just want them to go six or seven games. But with the Yankees and Astros, we at least will be going six games and it looks like the Astros will be doing a bullpen uh, bullpen day today as they'll try to get through with Equato, I think, is who they're going to go, go with. So that could be very interesting. That has a real good chance to go seven games. And imagine Garrett Cole coming in doing his final, um, his final uh, preparation, his final showcase for the Yankees to, to fork over $350 million or so to, uh, uh, to sign him over the offseason. Uh, but the Yankees, having said that, the Yankees just haven't signed the big guys of late. Uh, they have they didn't sign Corbin last year. Obviously, they didn't trade for Verlander. They didn't trade for Cole. 
So it's not the George Steinbrenner Yankees anymore. It'll be interesting to see if they actually make a splash. And it just feels like, even though they've made it all the way again to the league championship, it seems like they need that number one starter to push them over the top. I mean, Tanaka's been great, but Tanaka's the kind of pitcher that will give the Houston Astros fits. I'm not sure they're going to. He, if they make it to the World Series, he's going to give the Anthony Rendon's of the world and Juan Soto's of the world uh, as much trouble as he's giving the Houston Astros. Because if there's a knock against the Astros, that is a fastball hitting club who actually might fare fairly fairly well against Scherzer and Strasburg. Um, and why they they look really good against Severino? I mean, they are dead red hitters. Uh, so you throw a lot of junk at them, which is what Tanaka does. They don't do as well. But, man, Soto and Rendon and uh, that crew can just flat-out hit. So it'll be interesting uh, to see if they move on, uh, that player they need. But it's it's been a fun playoffs. I tell you, it's the baseball is showing very, very nicely. And uh, I tell you, as a huge fan that I am, I know I, I give the game a lot of grief just because I think it could be so much better with the, um, the, the length that it t- takes to play some of these games and uh, some of the problems that we're having with uh, free agents not signing and so forth. And those are stuff I love to talk about. And I do get frustrated with it, but I still love the game of baseball and I love the development process. One of the things that we will talk about tomorrow, I'll give you a little heads up on that, is potentially major changes coming to minor league baseball. Major, major changes coming to minor league baseball. And uh, I'll give you a little preview of that. Uh, at, well, let me give it to you right now. So baseball is uh, the Players Association and Major League and Minor League Baseball, MLB and the MLB, I, MILB organization um, have been you know, negotiating because their contract is up at the end of uh, next season. So starting the 2021 season, and they might go from – 160 teams that they have now. Imagine that. 160 teams drop 25% of those teams off to 120 uh, uh, um, teams. So it would still be high A, low A, double A, and triple A. But the short season balls, the Appy League, the Northwest League, New York Penn League would go bye-bye. So you'd have the complex leagues, the GCL, and the AZL, and you would have the full season ball, but those middle-tier short season leagues would go away. And then consequently, since those leagues are so full of college players, they would be moving the draft back from um, 40 rounds potentially back to 25 or 30 rounds. So big, big changes, and also potentially moving the draft to later in the year. And Tim and I will talk about all the implications of that. So big, big potential changes coming to minor league baseball. And since I go to a lot of those games, um, it's, that's, a, that's a big deal for me. And they're talking about moving teams from AAA to AA and high A to low A and all kinds of stuff. And we'll get into all that tomorrow. So hopefully you will enjoy that conversation. But let's get into it. Let's get into the St. Louis Cardinals, which... Um, Sometimes I never know what to expect when I'm when I'm actually where is this? Oh, here, here they are. Here they are. Sometimes I never know what to expect when I get into an organization. You know, I just finished up writing the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays, and 
I knew as I was going into those uh, those systems that they're really, really deep, and you, know, you can write 20, 30 players and all having a chance to be major league um, major league players. Sometimes you get into well the Milwaukee Brewers, and it's tough coming up with 15 guys that you really think will be <clears throat> major league players. But the St. Louis Cardinals, as I got into it, I knew there was Dylan Carlson. I love Dylan Carlson. I knew there was Andrew Kaiser, who I you know, did a little bit of major league work. And I knew they had some decent arms. But I kind of left at the end of it thinking this is a pretty good little system. A lot of number fours, a lot of potential closers there. Not real impact players per se, except for Carlson. But it's nice. It's a nice system. And again, it is led by none other than Dylan Carlson, who is a kid that we've all been waiting for him to break out, and he finally did, and uh, finally made it to AAA. Was hoping he would have come to the Fall League, but they decided to let him rest, which is probably a good sign that they're expecting to see him sometime very early next season. Power speed guy, can can get on base. Uh, I don't think, and I've seen him play, so he's not a burner. So we're not talking Trey Turner kind of 40-plus potential stolen bases. More of a 20-20 kind of guy, but he could be, you know, one is he, in his rookie second-year season could be a 20-20 potential. But then as time goes on, more of a, you know, a 10-30 kind of guy. I think that power is really going to develop. Uh, and I think the kid is going to hit, and he really broke out in a big way this year, and it was good to see uh, 108 games in double A, 281, 364, 516 slash line, with 21 home runs and 18 stolen bases. Uh, to me, there's, you know, I haven't gone through and determined exactly who is going to uh, potentially be your rookie of the year, but this Dylan Carlson will be in that uh, discussion as a kid who could be your rookie of the year in the National League, uh, I think that much of him, and I think there is a, a chance that uh, that he's going to really, really break out uh, in a big way next season. It'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals actually sign him uh, during the offseason to try to get him to start uh, April in the big leagues. That would be uh, fantastic if that actually happened, and I wouldn't be surprised if he you know, if he would actually sign. And because, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals are always looking to get some control of their players. And you could see him sign for maybe seven years and, you know, seven years and $60 million or something like that. $50, $50 million might be a really nice deal for him and give some certainty certainty to the Cardinals. So uh, I think that much of him, the industry thinks a lot of him. And uh, I think he's going to be a good one. And I think he'll go fairly high in drafts as well. And maybe a guy, you know, we you always talk about the the, the Luis Robert and Joe Adele. Everybody's going to be drafting those guys, and rightly so, very high. It'll be the Dylan Carlsons who uh, make a big impact and somebody that you can get a lot cheaper in drafts. So just remember that name, particularly as you're going into early drafts. <clears throat> Number two comes in at Nolan Gorman. And those of you who followed my work for a long time, and I do appreciate uh, those of you who have done that, um, know that I struggle with guys like Nolan Gorman. Big power guys, essentially um, three true outcome players. Those who they get up to bat, they're going to strike out 30% of the time. They're going to have a batting average of balls in play of 30% and probably 
20% of those uh, hits are going to go for home runs. And then they're going to walk 10% of the time plus. And the epitome of that is Joey Gallo, who is going to strike out probably a third of the time, walk 15 to 16% of the time, and hit a home run 25% of the time up at bat. You can figure the math out. I don't think Gorman, Gorman has that level of power. He doesn't have that level of plate discipline yet. But he has that kind of strikeout uh, rate. And from a fantasy standpoint, if you do play in batting average leagues, it becomes a real problem. If you play in on-base percentage leagues, guys like Joey Gallo and Nolan Gorman can be real advantages. Because Joey Gallo can hit 220, but he can also post a 350 on-base percentage. Uh, I think Nolan Gorman could also post a 230, uh, 240 batting average, but could also post a 340 to 350 on base percentage, which is a which is a plus when you consider that he's going to hit 30 plus home runs and drive in 100 plus RBI. <clears throat> so it's a big ceiling, particularly in on base percentage league or particularly in points league. But in batting average leagues, you've got to be really, really careful because. Just with Joey Gallo, Nolan Gorman could hit 200. He could hit a year where the batting average of balls in play is low. He's not a fast guy. Um, some of those hits don't drop in. Some of those infield hits that you run in. By the way, I don't know if you saw, they did a comparison of Jose Altuve playoffs last year, the playoffs this year, when he beat out pretty routine grounder to third base. Uh, Jose Altuve is all the way back. It'll be interesting to see if he steals a few more bases next year. But he's not going to beat out any hits like Jose Altuve has. So there could be years where, again, he hits 2, 210 and hits 30 home runs. And that's a problem in a batting average league, particularly if a guy is going to get you, you know, 550 to 600 plate appearances. So just know the risk going in with Gorman. There's definitely going to be power. He only hit 10 home runs in low A, which I found to be... It's a little surprising, but the the power is is huge. It's just I think he, if I recall, because I watched a spring training game of his, he hit a, a just an absolute bomb in spring training, and everybody went nuts about it. Uh, so anyway, Nolan Gorman, famous prospect, top 100 guy. Just know the risk associated with him. Andrew Kaiser, who is our most, what do I call that? The biggest mover. I don't know if you call that the biggest mover, the the most improved player, but he was the guy that I kind of liked uh, a lot coming into the season. But Carson Kelly was there. Carson Kelly got moved in the off season. We saw Carson Kelly kind of blow up when he went to the Diamondbacks. When he finally got a chance to play, I would not be surprised if Andrew Kaiser has similar kind of upside. Uh, but you know, he stuck behind Yadier. Uh, Molino, or as Tim would say, Yadier, which I don't understand that. Maybe somebody can ask him <laughs> um, why he says Yadier. But look, this guy can hit. He's got 15 to 18 home run potential. But he is stuck. He is blocked by Yadier Molina. And, you know, do the Cardinals re-sign Molina? I think they probably do. Uh, so you could be looking two or three more years before Kaisner even gets a chance. Does he get traded? I don't know. So there's all those complexities and the calculus of trying to find playing time for Kaiser is, is hard, but the kids got some offensive tools. I think can really, really play. Next guy comes in, Randy Rosarina. This is probably a fourth outfielder in the long run. And this is kind of the problem with the Cardinal system. I like those first three guys a lot. 
And then you start to get into a lot of fourth outfielders. But if Rosarina got some playing time, talking top shelf speed, he showed a, a better approach at the plate. So he, he might be a fourth outfielder, might be a little bit more if he can continue to hit and continue to control the strike zone. Um, so I say in, in my summary, he's got um, he's right on the edge between a full-time regular and a fourth outfielder. Uh, if he can show better plate discipline, maybe a smidge more uh, pop, he could become a full-time regular out in the outfield. But he also has a lot of Harrison Bader in him, too. Good outfielder, good speed, so he might become more of a Harrison Bader type of player. So he's kind of right on the edge of uh, of of that profile. And, um, you know, it's interesting. That, and, and besides Dylan Carlson, I mean, the, the part of the problem with the, the St. Louis outfield is they have a lot of guys like Arosa Arena and, and, and um, Harrison, ba- Harrison um, as well. And, and it just um, – they need to find some full-time regulars that they can actually throw out there who are – are guys that they're going to pencil in for 130 to 140 games instead of all these mixing and matching kind of players. And I think a Rosarina kind of falls into that. I have a ceiling as a you know top 60 outfielder or a uh, you know or a major league fourth outfielder. A kid that I saw who was really high on, I think he made our top 100 list, who had a terrible season, is Alhiras Montero, and I saw him in the Arizona Fall League. Didn't like the swing at all. It was multi-part. There was a lot of moving parts in it. It reminded me of Royce Lewis, who continues to hit the ball very well. And is you know, probably he and uh, Brandon Marsh are, are the likely MVPs of that season, of that league. And Montero has not played all that well. Injured a lot this season, but I still talk to scouts who believe he will eventually hit. But when you take a look at the swing, you start to really question that does have nice power potential. I think if it all comes together, it could be a, you know, a 260 batting average with 20-plus home runs can really pick it at third base. So I think there's a chance that he could get full-time playing time. But there's definitely warts on it. Uh, and just know that 2019 was not a good season, and the Arizona Fall League was not good at all. So I'm a little down on what I saw with Montero at the Fall League. But He's still a prospect and still a, a good prospect. I would not be dropping him in dynasty leagues. Number six comes in at Genesis Cabrera. Uh, made the um, he's still rookie eligible, so he makes our list. Uh, you know, he's probably ultimately a, a, a bullpen arm. I think we saw that in the playoffs. He made the playoff roster and looked good, man. So uh, uh, upper nineties uh, fastball in the bullpen has a chance to be a closer. Really good stuff. Not a big kid, and that's what you worry about. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Cardinals still try to develop him as a starter. I think he works better in the bullpen, but a really, really good arm. Number seven comes in as Zach Thompson. Um, he's got an above-average arsenal, not great control, and he's also had a history of album problems. So, uh, But I know a lot of people that like him. He was an SEC pitcher in college. Um, and I know a lot of evaluators who believe he has a chance to be a mid-rotation starter. I'm as a top 50 starting pitcher, and again, there are some <clears throat> there are some warts on there, including his poor control. 
Ryan Helsley comes in at number eight. Again, another guy that I think probably moves to the bullpen. And again, there's a lot of Cardinal pitchers like Ryan Helsley and, and Genesis Cabrera and and uh, Zach Thompson. These guys with good arms, but they feel more like back-of-the-rotation uh, starters or bullpen arms. And I have um, Helsley as more of a closer just because... Um, he could sit probably in the upper 90s once he moves to the bullpen. And, you know, Jordan Hicks is, I, I do not think Carlos Martinez is long for the closer position. I think he could probably move more to a setup role. Not exactly long-term what's going to happen with Carlos Martinez. I'm not sure any more years he signed for. I'm not going to look that up as we're sitting here talking. But you have to believe Jordan Hicks comes back and retains the closer position. Is that next year? Probably more like 2021, which is a real bummer for me because I have him in a number of dynasty leagues. But Helsley is a guy that might be a good insurance if you do own Jordan Hicks, somebody that you might actually want to uh, uh, want to grab. He uh, obviously saw some time in the major leagues. Um, number nine comes a very interesting uh, player for me, and that is Jan Torres. Um, he was uh, traded from the... Uh, from the Indians over to the Cardinals. It's got really plus power potential and he's got, he shows that he can actually make decent contact <clears throat> with an idea of what he's doing up at the plate. Um, so walk rate was 14.3%. And again, it strikes out a little bit too much. So I say he makes decent contact for a power hitter. He makes decent contact, but not for <clears throat> an average guy, but, like the fact that he's walking 15% of the time. Only 19 years old. I think the swing works. Interesting guy coming in at number nine. Avon Herrera, offensive-oriented catcher, still very young, still trying to learn how to be a defensive player. I like uh, Kaiser a lot better than uh, Ivan Herrera, but I think there could be something there. Sorry, I just put the podcast on pause as I coughed. Golly, this coldest. If anybody's got any recipes for how to get rid of a post-nasal drip and a cough, I cannot seem to whip this this post-nasal drip. I feel absolutely fine. I just, when I sit down and particularly lay down, it's just really bad. So if anybody's got any doctors out there, EMTs, you got some thoughts on that, please let me know. I'd appreciate it. In, in the 11 to 15 range, there's some good players. There's some interesting guys. Uh, Malcolm Nunez, very interesting, 18 years, 18 years old, showing a nice approach at the plate. Good bat speed, potentially uh, future plus power there. Uh, Connor Capel is interesting because he was the guy that was traded for Oscar Mercado. Obviously, I love Oscar Mercado. He's a kid that doesn't walk enough, so an on-base percentage league's a little bit of an issue. But Connor Capel's got some interesting um, skill sets. The scattering port's a little bit ahead of the production. He just hasn't put in a great season yet. But, you know, there could be something there. And, you know, Oscar Mercado was a kid that I know that I still believe the Cardinals thought highly of him. But they just felt like they had too many guys like that. And I, he would have looked pretty good sitting in the center field for the uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals for their run as opposed to who they were throwing out there. Uh, the guy is, who was my emerging prospect was Tajon Fletcher. Uh, again, a guy who's got power speed potential, 
but struck out 40% of the time in his, uh, in his, uh, in his debut. So it wasn't good. He was a second round pick in June, two way player in high school. He was in Maine, which is cold weather. Um, obviously cold weather states so of the baseball season was very, very short, but it was, uh, there's a lot to like there with this kid. And he's again, a, a raw talent that might have some potential in the bat. So, you know, I'm not suggesting that dynasty league owners go in and grab him, but he's a guy that I would definitely monitor because I, I think there could be something there. So, uh, uh, Tajon Fletcher. And then coming at 14 is Jake Woodward and Edmundo Sosa, who's, I think I've been writing about him forever. I think he made it to the majors finally this year. I, I don't know. He's probably a utility guy long-term. But that is the top 15 with the St. Louis Cardinals. Again, a pretty nice system. Again, a lot of number four, a lot of bullpen arms, but I think guys that can actually help their major league squad. Let's take a quick break. Let me get some water, cough a little bit. We get back. It is all about the Chicago White Sox. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I live in North Carolina, so I have a chance to see a lot of Chicago White Sox uh, farm systems teams. Obviously, the AAA plays in Charlotte. Uh, their low A team plays in a, I think it's a suburb of Charlotte. It's about a half hour drive. I think that would be a suburb of Kannapolis, which has a brand new park opening up next season. I'm looking forward to that because the current park, if you've ever been there, sucks. And a lot of modern minor league parks really suck, but that one was that one was bad, really, really bad. Uh, and then Winston-Salem is their Winston-Salem, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Charlotte is their high A affiliate. So I've seen a lot of Chicago White Sox players, and I, I know the system very, very well. And I saw Luis Robert play. I'm going to say Robert. I know he's going to go by Robert, but I'm going to stick with Robert. I saw probably seven to ten games of his, maybe more. I didn't actually go back and count them up. And so I have a really good sense of for the player. And I'd say I, I like him a lot, and he's going to be very, very high on my top 100 list. <clears throat> I think he has a chance to obviously be an impact player, an impact fantasy player. It's not perfect, though. Uh, neither is Joe Adele. It's not perfect either. Neither one of these guys control the strike zone like you would want them to do. But 
Both are incredibly athletic, and Robert is even more athletic than Adele. It's just a, he's just a beautiful athlete. Once you see this guy, it's a high waist, long legs, runs like a deer. Uh, it's very quick, uh, can really run it down in the outfield, good arm. He's a five-tool player, except can he hit enough? Uh, and I've seen him. I've seen him at bat. And he swings at everything. He doesn't. Every ball he likes to. He likes to hit. Thinks he can hit 500 feet. And quite frankly, he probably can. Uh, he's just a strong kid. So there's going to be power. There's going to be speed. But the question is, how much is he going to hit? Very aggressive at the plate. Um, and you know, with Yon Makata, and it's hard not to. It's. It, I know it's a little lazy because they're both. <clears throat> They're both um, Latin players, both Cuban-born players, but there's a lot of similarity there in terms of their hitting approach. And it took Yomancada a little bit, to, to a couple years to get going, and I still question how much he's ultimately going to hit. But a lot of these Cuban guys never walk. Even uh, Jose Abreu, I don't know, last time I looked, he, he hardly ever walks. With so This guy is a, an all-star and a very, very good fantasy player. And I think Luis Robert is going to, going to be a 30-30 potential guy. But if it comes with a 250-260 batting average <clears throat> with a 310-320 on-base percentage, just know that. I mean, I think that's potentially what it is. If he has a high on a high bat batting average of balls in play, which he could very well, he could hit 280-some years with a 350 on-base percentage and be a first-round draft pick. But know that the hit tool is not very mature. There's going to be some warts there. Not suggesting you sell low on them. Not suggesting you go, oh, I'm going to not draft him next year. Just know, particularly for the first couple of years, he's still very, very young, that the hit tool is not very mature. But this guy is just, you wait till you see him. He's just just a monster of a player. Andrew Vaughn comes in at number two. uh, And I've had debates with Andrew Vaughn versus uh, Adelaide Rich. Rutschman with the Orioles, and I like Rutschman more. I get the fact that Rutschman's a, a catcher. I think people, if you play in one catcher league, dynasty leagues, uh, I get why you would like Andrew Vaughn more. Um, but if you play in two catcher leagues, which are more advanced leagues, uh, more, you know, I say advanced leagues, I mean the NFC plays two catcher leagues, uh, tout words, labor, you know, the, the, I don't know what you would call those, the, those types of leagues play all two catcher leagues and of all of our dynasty leagues that we run through our site, all play two catcher leagues. Guys like, um, Adlai Rutschman become extremely valuable. He's a guy that's going to catch full time. He's going to catch a lot. He probably get some, some, uh, time at DH, maybe some time at first base because <clears throat> they want that bat in the lineup. I grant he's going to get nicked up. Uh, but that guy has a chance to be a very, very special offensive player but so does Andrew Vaughn. It's a plus hit tool. He's got good power. I've seen him. <clears throat> He's not a big kid. He's only five foot ten. Um, I don't know how much power he had last year, and I question how much power eventually he's going to have. But man, that swing really works. I mean, I've seen him, and it, it's a sweet swing. Uh, I think there's a chance that he hits three hundred. I think there's a chance he's got a four hundred on base percentage. But if it comes to twenty to twenty five home runs, don't be surprised. Um, you know, is that like an Anthony Rizzo type of player? Could very well be. And Anthony Rizzo had years where he was a first-round draft pick, probably more of a second- or third-round draft pick. And given how shallow first base can be, Andrew Vaughn is a guy who would be drafting very, very high 
and uh, rookie league uh, drafts for dynasty leagues or redraft, whatever you want to call them. Um, big, big fan of Andrew Vaughn. I was very impressed with particularly that hit tool, what I saw. Again, I don't know how much power he's going to have. Don't pencil in. Don't go around telling everybody he's going to have 30 home run power. A lot of people tweeting at me on that. I just don't see it. I, I, I'm, I didn't see it. I saw him play three times last year. Maybe he was tired from a long college season, but I saw the I saw it's hit over power, which quite frankly I prefer because I think power can be developed. It's hard to be a power hitter first and then learn to be a hitter. You actually want it to be the other way around. Number three comes in Michael Kopak. If you argue argue Michael Kopak should be the number one guy in on this list, I have no no problem with that. Michael Kopak showed us what he can do uh, in two thousand. Uh, 18, right? Yeah, it was last year when he came up very briefly for the White Sox and looked really, really good. And it's just a real bummer that he required Tommy John surgery. Pitched in the Instruct Leagues. I know he was hitting the upper 90s. Uh, control was a problem before he went in for Tommy John surgery. Don't be a problem of control. Don't be, don't be surprised if control is a problem after Tommy John surgery. But the upside is a fantasy ace, and it's not going to be next year. Uh, I'm not sure how many innings he's going to get next year. He might just get, you know, a dozen starts for the White Sox. And then in 2021, he could be limited to, you know, 160, 170 innings. Uh, But I think long-term, this guy has all the makings of being a fantastic pitcher, very athletic, really good stuff, upper 90s fastball. But... Yeah, Tommy John surgery, and that as adds risk to the profile. It just is. But if you've held on to him, you're going to figure out what what you're going to have when he comes back. Um, coming to number number four is Nick Madrigal, and I've spoken about Nick Madrigal so much. I feel like I'm you know just a, a broken record here. I've I finally had a chance to see him. I saw him once when he was in high A because he was in high A very long. I only saw one game, and I saw him four or five times in Triple A. It's 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 a tough profile. It's a guy. I mean, just review. If you don't know who Nick Madrigal is, think the fourth overall pick in 2018. He's already in AAA. The kid is just a hitting machine. He rarely strikes out. He walks probably eight nine percent of the time, so he does walk a little bit. But we're talking like a four or five percent strikeout rate. The kid never strikes out, um, and he's just it's a very short compact swing is very much like Jose Altuve. He's a small kid, a very small strike zone, and he has a really high leg kick, which I think he's trying to do to get some power. Um, and it's not like he's a little guy. I mean, he's 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 kind of stocky, but the swing is very contact-oriented. And when I say contact, that's part of the reason he never strikes out. I mean, he chokes up a little bit on the bat, and he's this there putting wood on ball. And you know, it's not a swing that's just conducive to a lot of power. So, which makes it tough because he could be a 300 hitter annually, which I think he could be. He's got plus speed. He could hit, he could steal 30 bases, which you love, but he could hit three home runs. And guys like that in the major leagues right now, a lot of those guys become utility players uh, because the major league guys are looking for more pop, uh, you know, at each position. And when you're in a fantasy league, it's the same thing, and if you know if you're stocked with power all over the place, Madrigal will become a very interesting player because he provides you 
speed, which is tough to come by, and average, which is tough to come by. And I think he can provide though and those in plenty of runs. But the power and the RBIs are just not going to be there, particularly the power. Now, I keep talking with people, and I talk to the White Sox organization. They believe he's eventually going to develop power. And, you know, that power could be five to eight home runs. It could be, you know, more of a 400 uh, slug as opposed to probably what he's going to put up early in his career, which is a sub-350 slug. Um, But the good news is he's not void of power. So he's got strength. It's just a very contact-oriented swing, and he is showing no in-game power. Most of his hits are singles, and you know, obviously some uh, doubles that will turn into triples, so that will rise his slug to a certain point, but the ISO is always going to be fairly low. So he's a tough guy to get your arms around, and the swing is a little weird, right? There's a lot of moving parts. It's a high leg kick. Um, so you look at the swing, and it's not – Something you want to teach young kids, hey, look at Nick, Nick Madrigal. That's who. That's the swing you want to emulate. It's not that kind of guy at all. I think we will see him next year. I think he's a guy that in draft and hold leagues I would be drafting because he can, he can provide you with instant speed. He's going to be on base all the time. He's just a hitting machine. It's just impressive. Uh, again, the best comp I have from a hit tool standpoint is Jose Altuve. Very similar kind of guys, small guys that just know how to hit the ball. And you watch Jose Altuve, the swing path is never the same with Jose Altuve. The difference with Jose Altuve, Jose Altuve always had that big lower half and always was able to drive that ball with the lower half. Nick Madrigal is not that guy. It's definitely an arm-oriented swing and uh, one that he just doesn't drive the ball. It's more of a slappy kind of swing. Coming in next is Dave Dunning, who spent the entire season recovering from Tommy John surgery. I liked him before he went down as kind of a mid-rotation starter, maybe a little bit more. Um, let's see if he comes back. Again, it's a it's a 94, 95 mile an hour uh, top out of, of a fastball, but it's good stuff. Good secondary skills, could throw strikes. Uh, it's a guy that got dropped in your dynasty league. You probably want to go out and and check the waiver wire, because he could be a kid that we see in a couple of years, and I do like the profile a lot. Um, Next kid is another right-handed pitcher, Matthew Thompson, uh, in rookie ball. He was the the kid that the White Sox grabbed in the second round, pick 45, um, signed for a little over $2 million. What I like about him is he's got that, Real good profile that you like to see with starting pitchers. 6'3", 195 pounds. Uh, he's athletic. He's projectable. Um, he's already shown the ability to spend a breaking pitch. But he is a project, a big project. So if you've got room in a dynasty league, he'd be a guy that I'd be taking in the later half because playing in tons of dynasty leagues, uh, most of the guys taken in the first round will get taken in a, let's call it, we play in our leagues, 10-round 15 teams, so 150 players get taken. Those first 30 players usually get taken. A lot of top second round offensive players get taken. But a pitcher taken with the 45th pick rarely gets selected in those drafts. He'd be a guy, excuse me, he'd be a guy that I might actually target. I think there's something there. Um, but it's going to take him a long time uh, to develop. Luis Basabi is... 
uh, a kid I've been waiting on for a long time. Uh, it's enticing tools, but man, he strikes out a ton. I forgot who he was originally. Uh, oh, it must have been the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was originally uh, signed by, but he's now obviously with the White Sox. And I mean, there, there's he's got a hitch and a swing. Uh, doesn't make great contact, but there's speed and there's power. And I still get excited when I think about what there is. I mean, it could be 15-15. It could be 20-20. But he's just got to make better contact. And the bad news is, you know, I I say here, the good news is he's only 23. Well, the bad news is he's also 23 years old. It feels like he's been a prospect forever. And uh, so I'm starting to lose a little patience with Luis Bassaby. But, man, there are some intriguing, enticing skills there. Coming in next is Steel Walker. I had a chance to see him last, no, no, this year. Saw him this year in Kannapolis. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. There's a little bit of speed, a little bit of pop. I'm guessing he's a fourth outfielder. Um, maybe he develops and, uh, and can be a little bit more than that. But it's probably high, high single home run totals, like 8 to 10 with maybe 15 stolen bases, playing a good center field, uh, who can hit a little bit. I mean, feels like a fourth outfielder. Coming in next is Blake Rutherford, who at this point, I mean, I think you're starting to think, is this guy a failed prospect or not? He was selected in the first round. He and Mickey Moniak, uh, there was a lot of talk that Blake Rutherford should have gone ahead of Mickey Moniak. Moniak went one. Rutherford went, I think, 16th to the Yankees. And um, he just didn't develop. He was an older prospect, and there was always there's been talking about Bobby Wood Jr. being an older prospect, and uh, you know, and all the ramifications of that. Uh, and Blake Rutherford is kind of you know, older prospects. I guess let me finish the thought. Don't spend as much time with their teams, and therefore um, they're not going to develop as much. And there's been a lot of study around that, and. Uh, Blake Rutherford has kind of proven that because it's feeling more and more like a fourth outfielder. I have his fantasy ceiling as a top 75 outfielder, but it could be a, it could be a fourth outfielder. And I saw him in the fall league, and it was just, eh, just wasn't a lot there. A little bit of speed, a little bit of pop, and I'm talking a little bit of both. And I'm just not sure how much he's going to hit. Uh, so, uh, But Blake Rutherford is still there. He's in double A, so we should see him in the big leagues pretty soon. The, my throat is tickling again, guys, so I'm going to take a quick uh, a cough break, and I'll be back, and we'll finish up the White Sox and get on out of here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, guys, we are back. Apologize on that. Uh, Luis Gonzalez comes in at next and. Uh, another guy that's kind of buried in the in the White Sox organization. I don't see star potential here, uh, but I do think he could see the major leagues. It's not an impact player. Like a good speed, a little bit of pop, makes good contact. I think there could be something there. <clears throat> Zach Collins, high draft pick. Had a chance to see him a lot in um, in in Triple uh, A in Charlotte. I mean, it's, there's some. Yeah, you know, there's some swing and miss in his bat. He's got some power. I think he was was he in the major. Yeah, he was in the major leagues this year. He's not a he's not a starting catcher for me in a traditional uh, fantasy league. He's more of a top twenty catcher, so more of a second catcher. Um, I think fifteen, twelve to fifteen home runs probably hits two forty. So he's a catcher. That's pretty much what it is. Micker Adolfo, who was a guy that was uh, is owned a lot in fantasy leagues. Uh, missed most of the season. Um, actually, it was 2018 when he had Tommy John surgery. Uh, and then uh, coming back, he had a second elbow surgery in May. So he's missed um, most of two seasons. And it, it um, when he came back, uh, only played, let's see, so he was, came back first six weeks of the se- season, play, played okay, then he had his second surgery in May and then only came back for the last two uh, two weeks. And look, there is top-of-the-shelf power here. He is a big, strong, with 80-grade power, maybe double-plus power, somewhere between double-plus and 80-grade. I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. He is he's going to hit a lot of home runs. But I kind of comp him to Jorge Soler. He has that kind of upside. But it could take a while. There's going to be swing and miss in his game. Um, he's still only 23 years old, but we need to see him get on the field. And I think that's, that's been his big problem. I would not be dropping him in dynasty leagues. Cause again, I think there is big time, uh, big time power there. The next player here is Jonathan Stevers, athletic pitcher, given a lot of money and, uh, last June's draft. So he went well over slot money. Um, and he might be after the big guys, really the best pitcher in the White Sox organization. That um, that the at least from a performance standpoint that that we saw. And again, Kopech was hurt, Donnie is hurt, and Jonathan Stevers is really the next guy in line, and he's the one that's been pitching. So. And he had a good season last year. 26 starts, gave up 17 home runs. You don't like to see that. It was hittable. But upside's a number four starter, can strike out some guys. Uh, I know the White Sox like him a lot, and I've had a chance to see him. Yeah, there's pretty good stuff there. Uh, let's see if there's anything. I think I'm all the way down towards the bottom here. Uh, Gavin Sheets is another interesting player. Uh, one base skill, 6'4", six, six, 230, but it just hasn't showed a ton of powers yet. It's a ton of powers. A ton of power. His uh, father is Larry Sheets, so so there is a big league pedigree there. <clears throat> but uh, Gavin Sheets is an interesting guy, an interesting player to know. Uh, again, I see him more as a uh, 
extra bat or a uh, second division first baseman, which is what the Chicago White Sox are now, but don't think um, that is it long term. Um, my emerging prospect is not a guy that I wrote up, and that's Yolbert Sanchez. Um, he is a uh, they 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 got him from Cuba, big defensive uh, as I, I call it offensive stud, but it looks like he can hit. Uh, and he can provide a little bit of fantasy value. Might be as a utility player, but if he can hit with the ability to play and get some um, a good solid playing time, he could be something that's there. White Sox still have a very solid organization. It's a little risky because of Kopech and Dunning uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. But if you have Luis, Luis Robert, you got a good system. Uh, Nick Madrigal has a chance to be an impact player as well, so it's it's a good system with interesting guys. It falls off, you know, once you get to that 15 through uh, 20, it really starts to fall off quickly. Uh, I had a chance to see they're in Struck League as well, so some, some of the younger players, so some athletic kids that didn't make the list uh, that are in there as well. Not ready to really talk about those guys yet, but uh, they've got... They've done a good job of drafting guys, a good job in the Latin market. Obviously, it's, I think it's going to be Nick Madrigal and a bunch of Latin players, you know, as their offensive squad out there. So uh, it, there's, you know, assuming they re-sign Jose Abreu, which I think they'll do for an, at least another couple of years and give Andrew Vaughn another year or two to develop and then see him. Because I do think, assuming Kopech comes back next year, I think you could finally start to see the White Sox make a play, and they have to think, look, if the Twins can make a play and win that division with that pitching staff, then we could do the same thing as well. You know that's what they have to be have to be thinking, and they're really, really close. So if you're, and they've been waiting a long time to have all these players to develop, and uh, they still got some guys in the minor league that are going to help. And I think you see Robert, I think you see uh, Madrigal and Kopech all helping next year, and those three, I think, can make the difference to really have them challenge for a, a playoff spot. And are they going to be able to beat the Cleveland Indians? I, I think they, they could. I think they'll have that kind of team. So I really like the system a lot. So now that i got my cough drop, I'm all doing well, not coughing anymore. Let's take our final break, and when we get back, we'll talk about what we're going to do here over the next couple of weeks, and it's important information, so just stick with me with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Apologize about the extra break here. I know many of you don't like to hear all these stupid commercials, but 
Yeah, sometimes it just happens. Anyway, that's a wrap for our show. St. Louis Cardinals and Chicago White Sox. Uh, Next week, I'll be recording the Cleveland Indians and Detroit Tigers. Really love that Detroit Tigers uh, system, man. They got some really, really good pitching. So uh, please listen into that. I'll give you what I know about Casey Mize, uh, one of the best pitching pitching prospects in the minor leagues. Question is, is he hurt or not? Uh, So I think that's the big question there. But uh, looking forward to doing that podcast. This Sunday, the great Tim will, uh, Tim McLeod will be back, and we'll be getting back into the rhythm of things. Again, talking playoffs, very light again on Sunday. Playoff talk, we'll talk a little bit about the minor leagues and what's changes that are happening there, and just a little bit of odds and ends with Tim. And then we're going to be starting to roll in to our fantasy prep coverage. Tim will be probably starting in December with his... Um, with his, uh, his doing his positional rankings, I'll be starting not this Sunday, but the next Sunday with uh, each division looking at from a fantasy perspective next year. So we're going to start to have fantasy discussions as soon as the World Series kicks off. So look at that. So the next week is uh, tomorrow is the 20th, Sunday is the 20th, so that 27th is when we really start to wind up our fantasy coverage. Uh, There will be a special podcast coming out, not this week, probably next week, for you Dynasty League owners that are going to be announcing details of how to get into another Dynasty League that I'll be forming. So you'll see it. It'll be a podcast. It'll be probably 10 minutes long, and it'll be the details on how to uh, do an application for that. So, uh, so take a, take a look for that. It's coming. Those leagues will be that one league. It's all it's going to be is one league, be 15 team league. It'll be formed, um, probably November, December, and then we'll wait and do our draft in February, but, uh, we'll be forming that, uh, very, very soon. So details will be coming out very soon on that. Uh, so that's it. It'll be more of Two two podcasts for the next, a week for the next probably six weeks or so. Then we'll start to get into our positional ranks and do a lot of details on that. We'll be doing lots of mock drafts, which didn't go all that well last year. Uh, Hopefully Tim will get the technical bugs worked out of some of the problems we had with uh, uh, Couch Manager. Hopefully get all that worked out. We'll be doing lots of... Of, of those mock drafts that you guys can listen in, and I know how much you enjoy that. So all that will be kicking up probably December and January. So I tell you, the World Series is just about here, and our fantasy coverage is just starting to ramp up. And, of course, there's prospect coverage throughout the year because that just never seems to end. And, and, again, if you're not in a dynasty league, I know we'll be starting one up, but you need to get into a dynasty league. Go off and visit. The Prospect 365 Facebook page, there's always leagues coming up there. I don't know if Alan Cervanus still does his uh, does his uh, Facebook page as well. I think it's the bullpen. I'm sure there's leagues out there that you can get in. Lots of people participate in both of those Facebook pages. And there are always leagues that are forming or um, uh, or teams that are dropping out, you know, that you can uh, replace somebody in. So, uh, but I know a lot of people like to play in our leagues just because, you know, you get to play with myself and Tim and that's always fun. And I know those, there's no monkey business that goes on in those types of leagues. And of all the, all the tweets that I get out, of, out um, at me and some emails that I get, 
I know some of the difficulties of finding long, good keeper leagues and good dynasty leagues because you get a lot of commissioners who think they have all the answers and they don't. And they, I'm sure, good-meaning commissioners who you know, try to run the league and, and become a little overburdened or heavy-handed in it. And, uh, you know, these leagues aren't that way at all. But anyway, we'll be having our, uh, our next league set up. And then if you want other leagues, Dynasty Leagues, you can get into those through other Facebook pages. Um, and I encourage you to get in one because, to me, they become the most interesting of of leagues because you get a chance to follow these players through the minor leagues and own them and nurture them and they feel like they're your guys and it's always a cool thing to have and that's why you listen to our just prospect podcast because you know we we go through in gory detail about podcasts and again i'm writing 450 capsules in fact i did an extra one for the tampa bay Rays, so 451 write-ups it's going to be over a hundred thousand words about prospects and, um, and I appreciate everybody reading that, but you read them because you want to try to get a leg up on your competition uh, in these dynasty leagues, and they're, that's because they're fun, and, and you invest a lot of time in them. So I encourage everyone to try to join one because uh, they're just fun. And with that, I will leave you guys. Um, sorry about a couple of breaks here with coughing and, and um, so forth, but if anybody has a remedy to how, how to get rid of a a dry cough that doesn't seem to want to go away. And I know if I go to the doctor, they're simply going to give me cough medicine with codeine in it, and that, that never works. So I, <laughs> I need something to, to get rid of this dumb cough. So if you've got any thoughts on that, at Rich Wilson P361. Until next time, be well.